0: Book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, we'll be reading verses 13 to 20, Matthew 16, 13 to 20, thank you, also um, any are there any guy, men here or guys here that are here this week and were not here last week? Anyone? You know what? Ryan and Bud didn't get one? Yeah. Okay. I need somebody to give them out. Ryan, come, come get yours and give one. Uh, do you want one? You want to screw things up? It's right here. I mean, that's what they're for. I'm that, yeah, I'm good at that, too. I, that's, that's what I'm, I specialize in. Dalton liked his? Uh, Ryan, Ryan, there you go. Anyone else? Pardon? Oh, no, you won't have another one. It's the last one, and this one is? Maybe. I'll take it. All right. So, um... So, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overtake it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Now, whenever we think of a revelation, you know, I I think of, uh, in in this case, we're looking at a revelation of the Spirit, a revelation of a thought, or a learned expression, okay? Revelation of the Spirit, a revelation of a thought, and a learned expression. Now, a couple of the things that we're going to look at, and the revelation of the Spirit is not a natural thing, as was Peter's experience here. So that's the height of where we're headed. But whenever we think of a learned expression, learned expressions are things that we can look at, we can rehearse, that we can um, kind of go over in our mind. Habits. You know, we we mentioned this morning a habit is something that we do three times a day for 28 days, it will be a habit. We are slaves to habits, why not be slaves to good habits? So we are creating those things, those are learned expressions. Um, There are learned expressions, learned thoughts, and learned statements that are expressed to bring about the good, the good in others and the good in ourselves. Now, if you think about our conversation, you think about uh, how that you express yourself Um, is it positive or is it negative? I mean, these these are learned thoughts. Sometimes they're very negative based upon our experiences, and our experiences sometimes have been very negative. I mean, there's no way around it. We're not in a place of denial. We are in a place of understanding that God has done, our life has been through many different things. And every one of us have an opportunity to make good of it or make evil of it. we have an opportunity to challenge ourselves to be better or to be bitter. And we're always in this mode of learning and and expressing and and changing or not changing, uh, or changing for the worst, changing for the good or changing for the worst. So what are some things that we can look at that will help us bring out the best in us and the best in others? This is a learned expression. This is something uh, just like learning two plus two is... Okay, you didn't learn that, huh? <laughs> two plus two is. Four. Three plus three is. Six. And four plus four is. Eight. You got the, you got it., oh, you, you learned that, huh? Okay, all the trouble in my life is all good. <laughs> it all works out to the good. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, what happens between such th- things as two plus two being four? And things that happen in my life that don't look good, how can they end up being good? And how can I look at my life in a way that will change my perspective? Well, our goal is to set in motion the outcome of good. And there are three ways that our life arrives at these things. And there's more than three, but today we're going to have three. There are three ways that we're going to, how that God and you and I work at turning things around in our life that will make a difference. Make a difference for us, make a difference for others, and challenge us so that we can bring about the good that we desire. How many desire good? How many desire bad? Okay, so you're on board. (laughs) We're going to talk about good things and how we're going to bring about good things in our life. Did you talk about good things in your life already today? Uh, Yes talk about negative things oh my going to go to church it's hot He's gonna be there preachers gonna talk at least last week we got out on time (laughs) (laughs) now what are the types of things that we can say that make other people and ourselves feel good well we can lie (laughs) right Lie to them. Boy, you look good. you oh, they are ugly, man. I tell you. You know? You know, you need it. You know, it, we no, we're not lying. We can always find something good. We can always find something negative. What are you looking for? Do you ever notice that you find what you look for? If you know what you're looking for. Well, I can't find good. Well, what good are you looking for? What perspective do you have that you're going to arrive at something? You see, you don't know. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to know when you find it. What are cheerful choices? (laughs) One guy calls it cheerful choices. Wonder-working words. Or just thoughtful things to say. That's what these things are here. Affirming words or phrases. Now, <clears throat> I'm sure you've looked at them and read them through. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but perhaps I'll go through and change, uh, change these or attach to them scriptures that are part of, that are, can go along with each of these. But I didn't, I didn't do that yet. I might do that as another sermon or something. But give encouragement, express thanks. These are just you're thinking about how can I change from where I am to where I want to be, and just a learned behavior. This is a learned behavior. This is not a revelation. This is a learned behavior, and there are a lot of books out there upon personal about uh, personal development and learned behavior and looking and doing and changing and things like that. And this is part of that. It comes from the book of powerful words, powerful results. Okay, that's what this. That's where this comes from. Uh, I don't know what that extra little thing is after the. Powerful results. Oh, page, that's what it is, page 71. So give encouragement, express thanks, acknowledge others, extend greetings. Hey, it's good to see you. (laughs) Give a compliment, congratulate someone, teach, give instructions, offer words of comfort, inspire others, celebrate and cheer, inquire, express interest, mend relationships, make others laugh show faith and trust, share good news, praise, honor, build up, express caring, show understanding and empathy, give approval. If you read over these things three times a day and did that for 28 days, these would become dominant thoughts in your approach to people and yourself. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to replace the other, if we are, the other dominant thoughts that are negative, I knew it was just going to turn out bad. Well, here so and so comes again. They just, you know. So cheerful thoughts, cheerful choices, wonder-working words. All this is doing, what is it? It's a learned, a learned. Two plus two is? How do you know that? You learned it. What's that? You use M&M's. Did you hear about the blonde who got fired from the M&M factory? I did. Yeah. She threw away the W's. She was throwing away the M&M's. That were turned upside down, and they were W's. Okay. All right. So, sometimes we have to explain those things. And it's, no, please. You know, it's just, it's just the little... Little humor, doesn't, not intended. What's that? Not make others laugh. It's just meant to laugh at ourselves, you know. All right, so these are learned behaviors, and there's nothing wrong with learned behaviors. There's nothing wrong with learning positive things, because if you're going to fill your mind and you're going to fill your conversation with something, why don't you fill it with something good? You're going to talk, and you're going to think <laughs> you got a choice. Positive or negative, what will it be? So, the deepest urge in human nature is the desire to feel important. People, your desire. I mean, we all feel like we all like to feel important. We all like to have value. There isn't anyone here that doesn't want to have value. Oh, well, you know, I just want to have no value today. <laughs> I want to be invisible, not talk, not be noticed, not be loved, not fail. Deepest desire in human nature is to feel important. And we, 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 we move towards individuals who build us up in our faith. And build us up encouragement. You think about individuals who, who tear and take away from you. It's like inside of you, you just feel like, I don't want to see them. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. Why? Because it's just something's going to be depleted for me when I get there. This is how we change. Now, learned expressions, important choices of words, of attitudes, of affections, of caring, these are a day, a day of living in promises. A day without positive enthusiasm is a wasted day. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and does not withhold. James is writing about that natural wisdom of a learned behavior. A learned putting things together in a natural wisdom of understanding. The application of life principles that portray the best of life. Affirming people. Affirming. Encourage one another in the faith. Encourage one another. As long as it is called today, be an encouragement. Be an encourager. Affirm means looking for and finding the good in people and telling them what you found. You know, I was looking for some good things, and do you know what I found? (laughs) I was looking for a big smile, and do you know what I found? (laughs) I found it in you. (laughs) Looking for and finding, and letting people know what you were looking for and what you found. Building others up, encouraging, finding reasons for praise and applause, affirming finding reasons looking for the good nurturing being supportive well i don't know why you're doing that it'll never work wow i never thought of it doing it that way did you did you see that one company that is the, the guy feels it's his 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 duty to Get rid of all these positive affirmations. They have a company out. David sent us the website on it, but I saw it on, the, on the, you know, like some channel. And they had this glass, and it says, This glass is half empty. <laughs> you know? Is the glass half full or half empty? It says, This glass is half empty. You know, it's those types of things just coming against all those negative, all those positive things. He says, Well, I'm tired of people being manipulated. Okay. We are manipulated. We are what we think. All right. Few things in the world are more powerful than a positive push. And do you know what a positive push is? A, pos- a, pos- a positive push is a smile, a word of optimism. Not not, not that, well, you know it'll be okay. Not that. There are promises that God brings to us that give us a positive affirmation and that that God is at work in our lives and honestly and sincerely touching those things and having them part of our lives. A smile, a word of optimism, hope, an encouraging word. You know, this can be done. And if you have it in your heart to do it, then do it. (laughs) A learned expression. Okay, that's the first part. Learned expression. Now, my other idea of a learned expression is um, uh, what are you reading and what are you thinking, Okay, That's learned behaviors. If, If you're reading negative things and reading stuff that doesn't add value, then what are you reading it for? If you're watching things and listening to things that don't add value, what are you listening for? What are you doing? Okay, that's a learned thing. Now the second one is an aha moment. Not a ha ha moment, an aha moment. Aha. Everybody practice aha. Aha. Oh, that's what it meant. I need some help. I know I need help, but I need ushers. Everybody gets to take one, please. <laughs> Everybody gets to take one. Just one, not a handful. <laughs> hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! You Can't you know, guess. It isn't taking up an offering. You know, it's like you have to decide how much you're going to give. Everybody grab one. We don't even, we're not going to be here all day. Come on now, let's let people get get them their own. Get in there and grab something. Hurry up! Don't pass them out. Pass them out. Let's go. Hurry up. Okay, anybody tell me what are they? Band aids. Okay, somebody tell me. Adhesive bandages. Okay, band aids. Adhesive bandages. Tell me the little jingle that goes with it. Stuck on Band-Aids cause Woo. Some of you have been watching too much TV. What What is the "Aha" moment for Band-Aids? They stick on you. How many of you ever put on a band-Aid that didn't stick? And so what happens whenever we hear that commercial and you got a boo-boo? You think of a Band-Aid. Is it because you made it? No. Is it because you put it on? No. It's because there's a little jingle that says, it's going to stick to me. Ah. An aha moment. I have a brew boo a bruise, and, uh, and I think of something that is going to cover the wound, and it sticks to where I put it. All right? Band-aid stick. Now, an aha moment. What, was, what are some aha? I, I remember the scripture we did a few weeks ago, longer than that now, where it says, cast your bread upon the water. Okay, you know, the, it says, cast your bread upon the water and in a, you know, in a while it's going to come back, right? Well, whenever I read that you cast your bread upon the water means you cast your seed upon the water during flood season so that when the floods draw, go out, the seed is going to be in the ground and plant and grow and you're going to reap a harvest. Aha! It's not like you go out in the ocean and throw seeds out on the ocean and think, oh my, well, that's you know, not going to work. But it's in the flood season when the waters are in, you know, over the land, you throw the seed in, it sinks to the bottom, gets in, uh, in, uh, you know, in the silt and so on, and it's planted in fertile soil, and what happens? You're going to reap a harvest. An aha moment. This is when I was down in El Salvador. I was playing tennis. I played tennis. (laughs) But what I did was I got lessons. Uh Aha! Now, I've played racquetball, and I've played, you know, I've had lessons in racquetball and all this stuff, and i played tennis with some of my friends and things like that. But no one ever, I never had lessons from someone who would take the time to show you what to do. So I paid for, you know, I got lessons. And the guy said, relax, <laughs> OK? He couldn't speak English, but he said, relax, OK? So what he did was, and he did this, he brought me up to the net, OK? Got the net here in front of you. And he, you know, there's a different way you, hand, you hold the racket for a forehand and a backhand and all that kind of stuff. And he said, just hit the net. Take the racket and hit the net. Sounds pretty simple. But what he was saying is keep your racket square with the net and it's down and up. It's not a backswing, it's down and up. And then he said adjust your hand so that when you hit the ball with the backhand, it's not around, it's it's this way and it's down and up. And you just hit the net square. Oh. <laughs> I never knew that. No, I mean, I had people that tell me, well, you just hit the ball, don't you play racquetball? Well, you know, in racquetball, you twist your wrist and you, you know, you do the wind up and you do the spins, and not in tennis. Did you know I hit the ball back and forth with the guy, I think, 50 times? (laughs) Uh Uh Aha! (laughs) Aha! That was my aha moment. So you see, there are learned, there are learned experiences, okay? Here are a number of phrases that we can learn that will challenge our lives and give us the ability to think differently. And the aha moment is whenever we practice this and boom, we start conversing with ourselves and others in a way that isn't negative. And what is it? It's learned. And whenever the learned takes on an experience, that's the uh aha. It means. What did you do with that Band-Aid? Oh, I thought he stuck it somewhere. Yeah, I thought he was going to stick it under the pew, yeah. A different perspective of life. So the challenge then, as we look at this, that our life is a series of things that we have learned, and application of that learned behavior to our doing. And you know, like I said, and everything—it's—it's it's all you know. It's racquetball is a, a racket and a ball. Tennis is a racket and a ball. But it's not the same. Well, you got a problem, and I got a problem, and she has a problem, and he has a problem. It's just life, but it's different. It's different, and how do we make the application of our lives, how do we make the application of the learned experiences to our life in a way that's going to be an encouragement rather than a detriment? And we each, we are where we are in our life because of the choices we've made. We can't blame someone else. We can't blame other things. We can't blame circumstances. We can't blame any... It is our responsibility to do and to respond to every situation in our life. We're going to respond positively. We're going to respond negatively. We're going to try and not respond. We're going to... We're it. I can't give account for your life, and you can't give account for my life, and I can't blame you for a bad sermon. Thank you. I can't blame you for harassment, though. (laughs) Just kidding, see? But we are part of it. Now, our lesson. What did we find that... What happened with Jesus and... Who's this guy he's talking to? He's talking to Peter. And what does Jesus ask him? He asked him a very simple question. Who do people say that I am? Now, what's the difference between a learned behavior, learned experience, and um, experiencing life where it comes together and what Peter is about to tell Jesus? Because it seems a very natural progression. Who do you say that Jesus is? Okay, if I ask you that question, who do you say Jesus is? Well, we have, every one of us would have some answer. I you know, he's just some guy who came along and messed up the whole world. That's one of my Jewish friends in college said that. <laughs> Not Bible school, college. He said, you know, I was talking to him about Christ. He said, Jesus, he's just some guy who came along and messed up our whole faith. <laughs> you know? But other people, who do people say that I am? Some people say, uh, you, know, he's just, you know, he's a good teacher. Some people say, well, he's the Messiah. Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, Jesus asked this question to Peter. Peter, who do people say that I am? Peter says, some say what? Some say you're the Christ. What do other people say? Well, some say you're John the Baptist and others say that you're Elijah and others say you're Jeremiah or you're one of the prophets, come back to life. You know, you're one of those guys. Okay, that's who, you know, if I ask you, who do people say that Jesus is? Now, okay, we covered that. Who do you say that Jesus is? The Christ. Who do you say that I am? Now, this is where we move from a natural, a learned behavior. These are learned expressions. Okay? These are learned expressions. But if I ask you, who is Jesus? And somewhere inside, you have an experiential reality. It's like... Someone was, my my mom, my mother, you know, she's 93 and so on. She comes to church. And somebody would say to you, say to me, who is this woman? And I would say, oh, this is my mother. I can't say that to anyone else. Because you're not my mother. (laughs) Only this person is. And I know this because of my relationship with her and her relationship with me. I know who she is. these are learned expressions. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is it a learned expression? Or is it a reality of relationship? And when when Peter says to Jesus, you are the Christ, Jesus said, Peter, that which you have just spoken is not a natural thing. It didn't come to you through logic and reasoning. It didn't come to you through a learned statements. It came to you as a revelation from my father. And see, this is where our faith takes on a whole different expression and a whole different way of looking at life and a whole different way of looking at things because whenever we go through, people go through church. Sometimes people go through church and their faith and and they go through a list of things and this is my religion. Tell me about your religion. Well, this is my religion. It's a statement of learned behaviors. Well, Jesus is the Son of God. Is that a learned statement or is that a revelation from the Father? It's not wrong to have learned statements. They're very beneficial. But there's something inside of us that (laughs) flesh and blood can't reveal this to you. It's the relationship that we find ourselves in with God that makes the promises of God real to us. It's not a human achievement. It's not a learned. What's 2 plus 2? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is He to you? He's my Savior, He's my friend. He's my hope. He's my promise. In our daily life, and it it varies sometimes. It varies sometimes because sometimes we're in a very crisis of life. He's he's my promise to help me and sustain me through my crises. In my aloneness, He is my friend. In In my despair of my failures of my past, He's my Savior. In the mistakes that I've made in my life, he is the one who liberates me from those mistakes. He saves me from missing the mark. Sin, missing the mark. He saves me from my past. For what reason? To give me hope for my future. How do we let go of and untie ourselves from our failures? We've got to forgive. There was on the, on the channel yesterday, they were selling, selling stuff, you know, bracelets and necklaces and stuff. And the guy, come, I just happened to be flipping through, you know, buying myself a Father's Day present. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> they were selling things and he said, this is my forgiveness bra- necklace. You know, I was watching the computer and I heard the thing and I turned around and it was just kind of like this red stone. And he said, This red stone, you buy this red stone, and he said, you've got to forgive because you've got to let go of your past. You can't allow people of your past to control your present and your future. So people are selling stones that remind us of what Jesus has said. Forgiveness forgiveness is not an option. Forgiving ourselves and forgiving others, it doesn't mean that what they did was right it means that it's no longer going to control my life. That's forgiveness. Remember my fish story? <laughs> that I went fishing once, you know, in, in uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and we were fishing there. And we caught, I caught this skate, you know, big old man of ray, flat fish, you know. And I drug it into the boat. And I didn't know what to do with it, and I didn't want it to die. So I was trying to get the hook out of its belly. And I dug it out and pulled out half its insides and threw it back in the water, because I didn't want it to die. <laughs> that was b- nice of me, wasn't it? But I didn't know what else to do. So, what should have I done? Cut the line the salt water and the acid of the stomach would have dissolved the hook. Forgiveness is cutting the line. Because sometimes we're reeled back in to all those old things in our lives. And God said, forgive them. Forgive yourself and let it go. What did you learn? I learned not to swallow the bait. <laughs> I learned not to take on, take on more than I could chew. <laughs> I learned that in some things the allurement, the allurement, the lure, is deadly. And I've got to know the difference between the lure, which is to destroy me, and that which is to sustain me. Because they both look alike sometimes. Why do people put bait on hooks. They are lures for fish to grab hold of. What are the lures of our life that we have grabbed and grabbed hold of thinking that it was going to sustain us? It had only hooked us and hurt us. And we don't let it go, and we keep getting drugged back to that experience. Forgive them and let it go. Is that I am forgiving and I still got a hook in my belly. I still remember the pain and I still remember the situation but I'm not going back there. I have a future in front of me. That's where forgiveness is about. That's the aha moment. You are the Christ. You are the Savior. You're the one who forgives me. You're the one who changes my life. You're the one Lord who makes a difference. Oh, that's what it means. That's something that happens in my spirit. This is something that happens in our head. And we need both. We need, to, we need these things to be encouragers and to laugh. And we need these things. They're part of our life. And we need to you know, allow the Spirit of God to touch our lives in a way that we're changed. From the inside out. From our hearts and our minds. Let this wisdom, the, James, the wisdom of James is a natural wisdom. That comes through application of truths to our lives but whom do men say that I am? This is the application of the Spirit that quickens our hearts, that does something inside of us, that we have hope when things aren't very hopeful. And it's the application of those promises to our lives, and they're not just wishes. They're realities. I have a very real problem. I have a very real God. I have a very real situation that happened in my life, but I have a very real God who helps me to forgive. And to cut the line to the past and turn that over to God, who is the one who will judge. But for me in my life, I've got to go forward because my future's in front of me, not behind me. It is our mission as an obedient participant in the action of the Spirit to be open to God and to His divine plan. I am an active participant in this whole process. Jesus announces the coming of the reign of God. He announces that Christ has come. And and, and the Spirit brings that to a, a revelation, an understanding in our lives. It is the breath of God that breathes life into our spirit. It's the breath of God that breathes refreshment into our soul. The great things for you and I as God's children is the quickening of his spirit, the divine spirit that touches our lives. In which this book isn't something that is used to beat us with. It is something, it is the words of life that come to our hearts that gives us an understanding that will make a difference. It doesn't drive us into our future. God leads us there. His word is a lamp to my path. Lights up my path. Jesus is the way. He is my truth. He is my life. So, God, He can quicken my mind. He can bring to remembrance. It's a learned expression. I've learned that I can be positive or I can be negative. I've learned that I can look for the good. I've learned that there are things that I do that will help me in my approach to understanding that two plus two is... (laughs) It's a learned expression. The Holy Spirit will quicken our thoughts and our experiences. He will take those experiences and he will make them an aha moment Oh, that's what it means. And there is a relationship of the spirit that is not natural. You can't get there from here. (laughs) You can't get to that revelation of sins forgiven. You can't get there on a natural, you can't get to heaven on the pastor's truck. Because the pastor's truck is going to get stuck. That's a Bible school thing. You can't get there. It's not a natural thing. It is a supernatural thing. And what happens with the band-aid? It sticks to us. Why? God sticks to us. He loves us so much, he can never take his eyes off of us. It's not me holding on to God. God got a hold of my heart. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. His word is a light to my path. His promises, his promises give me hope when things don't look good. (laughs) It's something, it's an aha moment when his spirit makes it real to us. I'm stuck on God because... he's stuck on me shall we stand